0: Welcome to The Coaching Circle, a podcast where we explore the world of coaching, business and personal evolution with me, NLP, Master Trainer, Coach and your host, Tony Everard. Inspiring conversations and deep dives into every aspect of your coaching and well-being business with experts in their field to help you stand out as the expert in yours. Get ready, let's go. In this episode, we are talking about evolving your business offering and playing the long game. And I'm thrilled to have today's guest with me. Fiona Redding is a mindset coach, a business strategist, a facilitator, a keynote speaker. She's an author and a podcaster, and she has an amazing focus on well being and happiness. Uh, Fiona founded her business, The Happiness Hunter, 10 years ago and I first met Fiona I think around seven or eight years ago when I was looking for an Australian business podcast and uh, that I wanted to listen to and I heard Fiona's story and I just really resonated with her story at a really deep level and I quickly got involved with the vision that she had for The Happiness Hunter and all that it stood for. So I'm really excited for this conversation today to hear Fiona's wisdom on being in business for the long game. And as someone who has overcome many challenges over the last few years, especially even living in Melbourne and running a business and as a single mom with young children and forever evolving her business offering. So welcome, Fiona Redding. It is super exciting to have you here.
1: Tony, thank you so much. And I remember when you got in touch about the business addicts podcast and yeah it's been it's been lovely to kind of be you know sharing the business journey in a way alongside you over the last few years too so thanks for having me on your show and congratulations on launching your podcast too
0: yes thank you it's been something that's been in in the pipeline for a little while for me so um, it's just one of those things once you get going it's like okay we're off it's great so really enjoying it so I, I would love to know, Fiona, could you just share a little bit uh, uh, with us around, you know, what really led you to become a coach and start your own business and, you know, why is it so important to, you know, the things that you do?
1: So I think um I... I... I would be what you call the accidental coach, I think would be a fair way of saying it. Um so I started my business in business consulting because I hadn't been able to find work. I'd been looking for work for about twelve months. and um after I'd had my kids, and I just wanted to kind of re-enter the workforce in a meaningful part-time capacity. and I was looking for about twelve months. and there was one day um where I had submitted this application and my kids were both crying. they were both tiny. And it had taken me hours to kind of fulfill this application. And I sent it off and there was something inside me that said, you're not doing that again. Like, that's it, you're done, you know. And I hadn't heard back from any of the previous applications and all the rest it. So, and So then I was like, I need to think a bit more laterally about how I can match my skill set to self-employment. And I was like, oh, well, I can do business consulting. And so then what happened was that was in late 2012 and, By January 2013, I kind of realised that my life was absolutely in a not very good place, and I stopped drinking, left my partner, and then I was basically homeless. I had one client at this stage. I was trying to rebuild my life, and I sort of um, I discovered metaphysics, and I started to understand that I had the power within me, you know, through my thoughts, the way I felt. Um, what I believed, the actions that I took, that I was the creator of my own reality. And nice. so I was sort of coaching or working with businesses ab- around setting up strategies and systems and processes and stuff. But what I started to realise was it was never about um, the business in and of itself. It was about helping the people in the business be better for business. And then so Vivacity Consulting became business with Vivacity, became Fit for Biz and ultimately became Happiness Hunter. And I started the happiness hunter walks and and I started sharing with people about what I was you know going through and understanding and exploring in my own life. And then you know I started running retreats and I started doing one-on-one coaching around that and and that's basically how the business evolved. So it was really just about I just all I wanted to do, I was so unhappy in my life and I just wanted to be happier. But because I had this kind of mix of business and corporate background and starting my own business and literally bootstrapping my own business, like literally on Centrelink parenting payments, building a website with those payments and, you know, experiencing homelessness and Mm -hmm. quite, quite significant financial insecurity and, you know, the challenges of going through a separation and being a single parent and all that, like I just had this experience and that I was going through and the challenges that I was overcoming that I was able to share with other people and so that's really how my business came about and um, yeah so now I just that's basically what happened. Yeah
0: yeah and so you know like you're saying that was like 10 years ago now um, and so you know you've got 10 years being in business that is very much classified a long game. In, in today's world so how how have things kind of evolved for you over that time and you know what what kind of things have um I guess inspired those things to evolve
1: um so you know I've tried lots of different things and I think probably being part of the business addicts podcast with Lauren was an incredibly, informative, enriching educational experience, because I've really like at quite an early stage of my business with, you know, without much material success in a lot of ways, was talking with people at, you know, at the best of their game, like across oh, the yeah. world.
0: It was and, an incredible podcast. I mean, I remember, I think that you guys interviewed like Denise Duffield Thomas and um,
1: yeah, Chris Ducker and yeah, yeah all, all sorts.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was incredible. Yeah. So you're, you're busy interviewing all these people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But really not feeling very successful myself. So, you know, all the imposter syndrome, all of that stuff and having to work through all of those things, you know, is it what equips us to be able to pay the the mind going, the mindset piece around it. And so, you know, I was trying different things, but just, you know, coming up against myself the whole time, but not giving up going, you know, I, I believe in my success. I set a really incredible vision for the happiness hunter from very, very early on. And I absolutely believed with everything within my being that it was possible for that to happen. And so I would take action as if I was doing things as if, you know, I know that I'm I'm a multimillionaire. I'm the fittest, healthiest and happiest I've ever been. I'm running a globally successful business. I'm an in-demand and highly paid public speaker. You know, like I just set this I created this identity of success for myself before it was even anywhere visible in my life, but I started to believe it for myself. And so what happens when we do that is that when we have confidence in our vision and are taking action on our dreams as if other people believe it too. So then not Mm -hmm. is it, it's not just you believing it, but other people are believing it, cheering you on and um so I've always been very open and transparent with everything that's been going on for me because that's actually that's just that's just my method of coaching if you will like it's through yeah. lived experience that um that I share and teach and people learn and grow from that.
0: I, I think that's something that is that's really important that you just said there Fiona and that's just you just decided for yourself that that's what was going to be your reality, right? And I think this is this is a really key thing that, uh, you know, I know I speak to a lot of my clients and students about as well, is that no one's going to decide that for you. Like like you literally have to go, this is what I decide is going to be my reality and you show up and then other people believe you that that's what you've decided,
1: yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're all kind of you know, we, it's all in, like, we get to create our own reality. So it, but that has to begin within us. Like we have to believe it and see it and know it within ourselves. And as we do that, other people believe it. And then that's how it becomes real because everybody's yeah. believing this new fantasy that's been created. And it's exciting and it's inspiring for other people as well. Cause they're like, well, she can do it. I can do it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so then I think a really a pivotal moment came during COVID. So I had, you know, I was still really struggling in a lot of ways to, you know, build the financial systems and foundations in my life. Like I really had started my business on the back foot in a lot of respects. You know, there was no startup capital. There was nothing, like there was nothing really. So the business was providing income, plus I was trying to build the business, blah, blah, blah. So it was kind of just never ahead. I never felt ahead financially, which of course is that's my belief system. I've got to keep working through that. Like it's the business is a fantastic vehicle to be able to do that. Personally, yeah. I think it's one of the greatest personal development exercises a person oh. can undertake. There's hundred percent. hundred
0: percent. I, I, like, I honestly believe that business is part of your spiritual
1: evolution. Hundred percent. Hundred percent agree with that. And then writing a book as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. So then, what happened? Covid hit, and I literally lost. Eighty percent of my business overnight, and um, mm. so because which you know lots of businesses did, but there was nothing behind me. So you are
0: living in Melbourne as well. I just Melbourne, so yeah. Melbourne got pretty hard here,
1: right? I two two primary school age kids. We go into lockdown. Single parent. Um, I'm now trying to like th- keep things afloat with nothing to keep it afloat, basically, and pivot my business at the same time. Mm. And very fortunately, because. Over the years, you know, I've really been clear again about, you know, that vision I've got for my life. And one of them was, you know, having a really healthy, positive, respectful relationship with my ex and his partner. You know, how do I show up in that? I've always tried to show up well. We actually mm. have quite a positive relationship. So, Alex, my Brendan's um, wife and the kid's stepmom, invited me and the kids to go and stay with them to write it out because we obviously didn't know what was going on at that stage. They were both essential workers and um, I was obviously homeschooling the kids. So someone had to homeschool the kids. It didn't make sense. It just it wasn't going to work for me to kind of stay where we were. Anyway, so we moved in there and it was like, You know, when you just get that absolute need, like there was, I was, my back was against the wall. It was the second time, actually probably the third time in the the previous sort of 10 years that this had really happened, where my back was so far against the wall, there was nothing I could do except move forward, right? Just Ah. completely override any of the crap in my head. There was just no space for it. So what I did was really work out, okay, I need to get things online. I'd struggled with that in the past. I just hadn't been able to get all the moving pieces together for that. So I had to sit down and very honestly reflect and go, okay, well, what is it that I am amazingly good at? You know, like where are my absolute strengths and where are my absolute weaknesses? Hmm. I was like able to go, okay, and and, like what can I provide, like what can I do in this market? You know, like there's got to be something I can do and help people and sell in this environment. And so I was like, okay, I'm really good at community and I'm excellent at my work. Like I'm really, really good. I'm a great coach. Like I'm, I'm a good coach. I really yeah. have great transformation, right? I've got to own, I have to own that. I've got to stop downplaying it, being the imposter, all that shit, right? All that stuff, right? I basically had to say that's no longer relevant. I can help people. But my gap was in terms of sales, in terms of going, okay, well, I've got people that I can Help, and I've got something I can help them with. But what's hmm. the thing? The bridge is missing. It's not even marketing. I was like, I'm good at marketing. I'm good at sharing people. But what do I don't know? But selling, like, help helping people step over the line. Yeah, to, to make that decision to say yes to that transformation. Yeah, that was my gap So then I was like, okay, I'm gonna do some coaching around that. So I started like looking at sales coaching and stuff. I got into millions of people's funnels, and then I <laughs> ended up being at the end of. This funnel, and I realized I hadn't even felt like I was in a funnel. And I was at the point of making a decision. I thought that is the person I need to learn from. So that's, I went and did some coaching there. And then in the end, I ended up um, building this um, program called the Steps for Change, which was, and I, because I'd done all this market research, I knew exactly what people needed. And I trusted myself that I could create the outcome and deliver it for them. So basically, I enrolled 10, 10 people in a program that hadn't been built yet and mm-hmm. I built it as I delivered it over 6 weeks and um so basically it's just this incredible program because I knew the I knew the outcome and the journey and you know the results that I could help people achieve and I was pretty clear about how we would do that but because I built it in real time I was able to kind of adjust the program as to what people needed at the exact point they needed it which has made this incredible 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 program and yeah. that's basically what did. So within three months, I'd had the most successful month in business I'd ever had. I had the most successful quarter in business I'd ever had during COVID, during lockdowns, during all of the things. And then I went on to have the most successful finan- financially successful year in business I'd ever had during lockdowns, COVID, in Melbourne, right? So during this narrative where it was the whole world had fallen over, I, my life actually completely turned around in a different way. And it really reinforced to me that idea, it actually does not matter what is going on in the world around us. We have absolute, we have so much agency that we are not aware of because we don't allow ourselves to tap into that power. And often we need to be forced, like absolutely forced into it. And so now I'm seeing, so then that was the pivot then. And then I sort of, we're coming out of COVID and all of the lockdowns. I was like, I want to go back into more of the face-to-face So I was doing that, but then I was like, I'm actually, this is a bit challenging because the kids are now in high school. I've got the limited hours I can work and I just had to accept I actually do have an online business now and I can still do the face-to-face stuff, but it actually makes more sense for the stuff to be delivered online and I'm okay with that. And so now, yeah, so I think being able to kind of just go, it's okay. Like, and I started doing stuff and I've tried doing a whole lot of stuff this year and I'm like, that works, that doesn't work, that works, that works, not going to do that again. I'm running a retreat um at the end of August, and I'm like, you know I think that might be the last retreat I run for a while. like there's a lot of in there's a lot of effort and a lot of in upfront investment that's required in that kind of thing. and it's like is that the best way for me to be running my business at the moment?
0: Yeah and I think that's that's a really important thing. like what you've sort of just spoken about there. Um, Fiona, you know, I know like often when I'm talking to new business owners and new coaches and things like that, you know, that they can get so caught up in that, is this gonna be the right thing? Is this gonna be the right program? Is this gonna be, you know, the thing? Um and you, you know, I think there's a couple of things from that. It's like one, you never really know until you actually run it anyway. Um, and and two, even if it is the right thing or not the right thing, you can do something else later right like nothing ever stays the same so either you you get to a point where you're like oh well I've done that now like retreats right like I used to always want to run retreats as well I co-hosted one once and I went this is too much I don't want to be with people for seven days straight right like yeah, yeah. That's not what I want to do. And so you go, okay, I've done that now and I can look at you know whatever else it is that that's going to
1: serve where I'm at and who I'm passionate about
0: helping moving forward, right?
1: Yeah, in that kind of win-win and even on that. So I've had this idea, it's been knocking at my head for a long time. And during COVID, I had the idea for the Steps for Change and I also had the idea for this kind of Mind for Business mastermind. And I was like, no, I'm just going to focus properly on one thing. Cause I think often we can be a little bit scattered and it's better to just focus on one thing, get it really running. Not to say you can't do other things, but if we're trying to do too many things, it gets a bit, it's too, it just gets too scattered. And that's when it becomes overwhelming. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so I kind of parked this idea and I was just doing one-on-one coaching with people at a premium level through this mind for business program. Anyway, i i decided that I was like you know in this current economy that we're in at the moment there's a lot of doom and gloom there's a lot of fear it's reminding me a little bit of the COVID you know you might not have experienced it quite the same way in Adelaide but certainly here in Melbourne Mm. it was so much fear and I can Mm. really see that at the moment it's like I can help in this environment now what does that help look like and who is it for and I'm like I think it's for small business owners and blah 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 anyway so I had this idea and then I was like This has got a lot of, um, you know, resonance with something I did about three or four years ago called the Academy. Let me go back and have a look at that. And I'm like, wow, so much of this is the same, but I'm positioning it differently. I'm different. The market's different. Mm. I really understand more deeply now the need for it and why it's needed and how I can help. Whereas before, I just didn't have that same depth of understanding. So it's not to say that the academy was a failure, even though it was a failure. If you you go, you know, I didn't, it didn't continue. Like I just didn't get the traction at the time. I wasn't able, I didn't have the systems and stuff behind it. I wasn't marketing. I hadn't positioned it properly. I wasn't clear enough who it was for, all of that stuff. It wasn't a failure because that knowledge and learning and understanding that I got at that time I didn't realise I had gained all of that until I started to do this. And I'm like, oh, now it's making sense. And had I not done that, I wouldn't um, be in this position. And another example of that actually is I've just published my second book, self-published.
0: Congratulations. Yes. Yes, yes, That's amazing.
1: Got knocked back by two publishers, didn't care because my intention was always to self-publish. And along the way, there was these opportunities came in. They didn't want it. I'm like, that's fine. No, no, no deal. I'll go on and do it. But I'd actually, in 2018, released my first book, which was The Happiness Hunter's Guide to Meditation. And I can't tell you, Tony, that book pushed all of my buttons. I felt like such a fraud, such an imposter, was never really able to talk about it, didn't want to market it, had spelling mistakes in it, all of this stuff, right? But when I'd first written it, I was like, this is my practice book. And I didn't really understand what that meant until I got to the point with this book where I'm launched it and I'm like, I've got to market it. And I'm understanding, had I not had that experience, I'd be working through all of that stuff now. And it's yes. like, you know, so it's like we just keep moving, not everything's gonna be a success. Something's gonna just push all our buttons and it gets kind of parked away and hidden. But I think there was that's two really great examples with the the first book and with that academy, that that online kind of coaching thing that I created to where I am today I'm only able to do these two things because of those two let's call them failures in a way
0: they're not yeah but they're not not failures though are they they're not failures I mean and this feel like it
1: at the time yeah you, you
0: feel it but I'm sure like the people who were in there and that were getting your help loved it and we're really grateful and felt like you know it was a r- r- really great program but yeah but in our own minds we can go oh but it didn't continue or I didn't get more signups or whatever and so it's a failure but it's it's all the learning that you get along the way and I I think like this is the the thing I, I talk so much especially to new coaches about this is that you know sometimes people get in that space of I, I just I don't know enough yet like I need to learn something else I need to learn something else it's like you literally can't learn the stuff that you think you need to learn without doing it. Like
1: that's where the learning comes from, right? It's the experience. It 100. It's like, it just you know, and that's why I think you know this idea of being in it for the long game. Like it is uh, so challenging. And if you you know we just say, oh just you know I'm not making money or I'm not doing this or that's not happening. It's like we. It's almost like, and I know, I don't mean to say that you can't make money immediately overnight, but you absolutely can. But if you've got things that you need to clean up, you need to clean them up. Yeah. And the way you're going to clean them up is by understanding that they're there. And the only way you're going to understand that they're there is by doing things to highlight them. Knowing the things, yes. Doing the things and outside yeah. of your comfort zone. And that's why it's so important to have the support of a community who get it. Yeah, yeah. I,
0: you know, I was, I'm currently running this five-day um Uh, master your mindset challenge and you know one of the questions that come up today was you know should you have like big money goals or should you have realistic money goals right Um, and and it's a really interesting question because you know everything just comes down to what your meaning is anyway but the thing is like you said it is possible for people to go out and make you know crap ton of money right But it's a matter of it's not a matter of what you're going to get. It's a matter of who do you need to be so that that is your reality and how much do you allow yourself to move into that identity or how quickly you're comfortable with that because we know, right, change isn't, isn't necessarily very comfortable for a lot of people.
1: I think also too with that as well. So like as I said during COVID, like I made a lot of money really quickly but Tony I couldn't sustain it because there was stuff I needed to clean up yeah and so now I feel like I've I've come a bit full circle with that so I can make money quickly and can sustain it but I had to it's like I had to learn what I needed to learn to know what I needed to yeah. know and that that point that you raise is such a fascinating one about you know realistic unrealistic goals right so my major definite purpose is when I first wrote it is, um, and this is an idea about, you know, that you have um, a, a just such a clear, compelling purpose that it's, it's, you've got to be step into it and become that identity. And mine is basically, it's a bit long, but one of the things was, you know, I have in my possession in excess of $20 million when I first wrote it and over the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then I was sitting with that and I'm like, that feels like I'm kind of limiting myself somehow. And I'm like, I'm going to push that out to a point that is so deeply uncomfortable for me that I have to say it every day until it becomes comfortable. So I'm like in excess of $200 million. And I've written this, it's in my book, right, as well. And I, when I look at the thing that made me the most uncomfortable about publishing this book was that that one line, $200 million, right? But yeah. it's not about the money. It's about what the money represents. It's about who I had to become, how I had to expand, how my thinking had to open up, how my action had to open up, how my heart had to open up, how many people I would have had to help for Mm. that to come into my reality. So that's helpful for me even though it still sometimes makes me feel uncomfortable I'm like it's my job's not the how my job's just to go that is that is the belief that is what is possible for my life that my life could be so rich in so many ways that money is manifested like that you know and this is from somebody who's literally had nothing, literally nothing like homeless single parent no income I'm like what is the absolute opposite of that well it's like that level of kind of wealth However. I set myself really achievable goals on a weekly basis. I don't yes. sit there and go, "I've got to make fifty million dollars this week." <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, okay, five grand would be great this week, right? Yeah. Okay, what are you doing? What action are you taking this week to generate? Yes. That? So it's bringing that those you got the vision, like the vision never changes, but it's like let's meet myself where I'm at. You know, yeah. if I'm doing a launch of something, by all means. So, like even with this mind for business, I'm like, my goal is to get. 10 or 20 people enrolled in this right to start for next week and now I've spoken to about 40 people and I've got 15 or 20 in principle yeses right it's completely achievable and I'm like okay but the 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 stretch on that let's go for 50 that's it like that's it yeah okay so how many people do I need to speak to for that to happen and I'm like okay well so then this week the big scary action that I need to take is I need to just write a list of every single person that I know in business who would be a fit for this and just reach out to them and say hey did you know I've got this new thing going on like that's how we bring those 200 million dollars in my possession down to what does that mean for my action today yeah that's yeah it. And I think you know it's
0: like key what you just said there as well because you know that's one of the things that I I find myself talking to people about is that you know we were talking about sales earlier you mentioned sales and and I always look at sales as just like a really coaching it's a coaching call right your yeah. person's got a problem and you just help them overcome their objections to themselves right. essentially to get to that solution but even the best salesperson doesn't convert hundred percent right like. I don't know. What would you say you convert?
1: 30%, 40%? Well, I, think I don't know. Clearly, it depends on how qualified people are, I guess. And I think how clear you are on your offering. And I think, I love what you said then. It's like it isn't sales. It's about really, personally, and I will say this to people all the time when I'm on the call with them, and i I give an hour for calls, right? I, yeah. just Because to me, it's like my job is to help this person say yes to themselves, right? I know I can help them. Like I absolutely know, this is a belief system I have. If I am speaking to somebody on the phone, I know I can help them. If we have got to the point where we are actually having a call together, they know I can help them and I know I can help them. We both, we're here. So my job now is just to help them make the decision to say yes, because that yes, honestly, that's 99% of the work done. That is the hardest decision to make: is to say yes and to put money down on the table, hundred yes. percent. So yes. now you've done that. Now we go right. We've 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 committed to each other. What do we need to do? I will support you. I'll, I'll you know I'll meet you wherever you need to be met. But you have to rise up to meet me too. Like it's got a there, yeah. A, it's you know coaching is a symbiotic relationship. It work. Both pe- parties have to be working for it to work. But yeah, absolutely. I I think that. Um, as a coach it's not about like just getting numbers and engaging and yeah I need this many people it's like each of those people is a person and if you can and this is the long game again right Mm -hmm. so I have conversations with people who may not become clients then but because they've been heard and listened to and understood and respected and I haven't you know created a, um, a false anything for them it's just like you know you know you need help if you don't get the help now whether it's with me or someone else nothing's going to change like not not because that's my rules that's just actually the way it is because you haven't made a decision yet like mm. you know, you've got to make a decision but those people go on to become clients later they um yeah. support everything I do they are the most loyal and engaged part members of my community because they know I genuinely care like genuinely care yeah. but they become incredible referral points. Yes. So, this one-hour conversation is not, oh, you know, I'm not being valued for my time. It's like I am building a relationship with someone, whether they become a client now or later, or a referral person, or just a really awesome member of the the broader community. Everyone's still winning. Yes,
0: yes, it's so true. You know, and that reminds me, Fiona, when um, when I first uh, when I first met you, and then I started a happiness hunter walk in yes. Adelaide right and you come over for the launch and everything like that and and so you know I I had a happiness hunter walk for those who don't know what it is it's like weekly we would have a meeting and we and I walked around at Mawson Lakes here in Adelaide and um and it was like a it was like a safe space where people could come and talk but they had to there was no kind of whinging and carrying on you needed to be talking and you know in a in a sharing but being positive about you know what you're going to do and those kinds of things and I I love doing those walks and I I think I I run my walk for about two years and I had people who walked around with me every week for about two years um who never did any business with me right and it wasn't like that that was necessarily the whole be all and end or it. it was like it was really I really liked it was good connection for me being in business it was good connecting with other people and coming together um, but ultimately, like I knew there was people there that I could help at another level. But it was um it was after that, I think after I finished doing those walks, that quite a few people that I walked with did end up coming doing business with me. And like you said, they become, you know, some of my um my most loyal raving fan type people because we'd built a relationship and like I, I genuinely cared about them and their life and their business and you know them as a person um and you know that's I think that's the thing that we've got to look at in business right like that is part of it like we talk about business being a spiritual evolution it, it is because it's like the relationships you have with people and the value that you um you know offer and how you show up in the world and and all those kinds of things so um yeah I it's it is. It's a really interesting. And I think it just comes back again to that long game, right?
1: Yeah, and you know, as we were talking before as well, like the idea of the I'm, I'm just I'm, those happiness hunter walks. So we've got one walk still going in Blackrock, and again, it was just after COVID. I just thought, just do one, just have one walk. I've got people come from all over Melbourne for that walk, and for me, it's really about that that idea of giving first, and you know. Yeah those walks actually started when i literally had nothing to give except my time and knowledge and i was like mm-hmm. you know and we all need to be connecting and we all need to be um looking after our well-being and taking time out from our lives and genuinely having those really proper relationships and connections with people but when we give first there's a prince there's universal principles that support this when we give first It comes back to us, but we're Mm. not giving for it to come back. We're giving Mm. because it feels like the right thing to do, to give and to support and to all of that. And, you know, as you said, that's a really good example. You know, it's not about looking for that instant transaction and that instant result. It's playing the long game, but it's not a game. It's just building relationships with people. That is business. Business is actually about our relationships with other people. And the more positive relationships, genuine positive, not pretend positive, Relationships we have with people, the more successful we will be. Not just, and this is really important to acknowledge. You know, we're talking about business being that kind of spiritual experience. This is about our inner growth that is then manifest in the external world. But we have to accept there's an inner process that has to happen first, and coaching helps facilitate that. But I think you know, saying before, Zig Ziglar said, you know, you can have anything you want in this world if you will just help another enough other people get what they want. Yeah. And it's like if we can genuinely do that, like and, and that's even what I was, you know, with this, like, with this idea about the mind for business, like I've got so much knowledge and experience that I can share, like truly give back to the small business community in a meaningful way that's not watered down, that's not like the taster, that's not any, it's genuinely just properly supporting and meeting people where they're at. There are universal laws at play that I mm. am going to benefit from that. But I'm doing it because it feels like the right thing to do. And I'm mm-hmm. not buying into this you know if you don't pay for it then you don't value it oh like I just don't believe that anymore like I think there is an element of that but I just think let's just meet each other where we're at and help each other have really successful businesses
0: yeah yeah and I I, it's your intention right it's your intention behind what you're doing that makes a lot of difference
1: Yeah. Yeah, and checking in with that and being honest with yourself about that intention because I think that some some of, over the way, I you know the ego kicks in you know and I think I've been um, perhaps deluding myself a little bit about my intention behind doing things and I do have to keep really bringing myself back and going well hang on a minute Fiona just hold the phone <laughs> like what is your true intention here? And yeah you know, that's where this, this things come from is actually like, I just feel like I want to help people like, and I don't want people to have to struggle for as long as I did on their own. Yeah. I literally wasn't in a position to pay for the support and the help that I needed. Yeah. Yeah. It it wasn't in, it wasn't that I didn't see the value in it. I hadn't got myself to the point where I could pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. To get to the point to be able to pay for it. It's like, I can help people at that point, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know, when you are in that space and you've been there, you understand a lot more what those people are going through, right? And I think like I, you know, often I I hear people talk about this, you know, it's like, oh, well, I wanna I I wanna be able to help certain people, but um, you know, those people might might not have a lot of money or, or whatever else. And I think any kind of there's lots of different business models, but I think any business model you can easily have a, a lower cost something that serves people where they're at right and you know those people what i found is often those people that then it's not just even that maybe they don't have the money for the next bigger thing like they might not even be ready for that type yeah. of kind of you know level or thinking or neurology or whatever else and so you can serve people where they're at and they might come on a journey with you, right? Like that's often what I see happens is, you know, you meet people where they're at and then they've worked with you and then they're, they're growing, they're expanding and they're getting to the next place and they're looking for that next level of whatever that might be that you can help them with.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's being able to meet people where they're at with, love and compassion and respect. And it's not about buying into the stories or anything like that. It's just genuinely going, yeah, I can see you. I see you there. Yeah. Yeah. My hand, you know, like my proper hand, not like he's my lead magnet, but here's my hand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, Fiona, you know, we've we've chatted, uh, you know, a lot about, um, you know, the the challenges and the pivots and all those kinds of things, which I think are, are really valuable for people to to hear because I know, you know, often um, we can feel like when we're in our own kind of solopreneur business that it's just like, oh my God, I'm the only person feeling this or I'm the only person having this kind of challenge. So I'm really appreciative that you should share that. Uh, but, you know, what could you also share with us about what are some of the, you know, the the real gold that having your own business has brought you? Like what is it that's always kind of, um, you know, inspired you or, or lifted you up or kept you going in, in wanting to do what you do?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. There's so many things. But I think really I just... I love I love I love my life Tony like I I feel I really have I can structure my life my days as I want to I'm always available for anything that my kids need um I can I can scale up and I can scale down I can take holidays whenever I want to but the idea that I'm living my life I really genuinely honestly I honestly believe that the happiness hunter is my purpose and that's a very fulfilling way to live and accepting that if it is my purpose then it is necessarily meant to be difficult and challenging and really leaning into and embracing that I think is a very empowering way to live really. Mm -hmm. Yeah And, and it
0: I think it always depends on how you frame difficult and challenging as well right because like sometimes you go, oh you know there's there's challenges it's it's really interesting because I I caught myself a little while back that I kept I noticed I kept saying to people I really love business because it's the only thing in my life that really challenges me to grow <laughs> and then I was like hmm, I might want to change this language because I was like oh, I'm starting to feel very challenged um about different things but but it is it is really it's the growth, right, isn't it? It's that, yeah. it's that kind of growth and, and what you learn and, and things along the way. But, I mean, as well, you know, I think the people that you get to help um, and you see, you know, transform and, and shift and, and all those kinds
1: of things, I think always is always a big driver for me as well. Yeah, really, like that's that bit about, you know, it's a fulfilling life because you're doing good work you know as a coach but also too that you know you're saying about the inspiration stuff like I just love being part of people in business like that really I, I I'm so inspired by people that have got the courage and the adaptability and the resilience and the fortitude to go out and carve their own path and to know that I am in that company like sometimes you don't always feel like you are but you are right Yes, yeah. if, you, if you're doing it, you're doing it. You're not like nearly doing it or on your way to doing it. You're actually doing <laughs> yeah. it, even though you might not feel like you've arrived anywhere, but where's there? Like there's nowhere to arrive. Like, you know, the, just having this being part of that, like I know, I genuinely know I am not going to have regrets about what I did or didn't do with my life. this the, the success is the effort. Yeah. it's not playing the safe road or the easy road because there's really no growth in that and I, I really believe like happiness is to be found in the overcoming of obstacles and challenges in our lives, not yeah. in the absence of them. It's like it's that sense of achievement, of overcoming your weaknesses, of building strength in those areas where you are not strong. You know, that is yeah. no one can take it from you.
0: That, that is actual. That's actually factual. There, there yeah. are like research and studies that have done, that have been done that show that people have a greater sense of happiness and fulfilment in their life when they they're faced with challenges that they've you know had to put some effort into over and overcome yeah
1: yep, yep 100% and I I mean I could like I am the happy like I was the happiness hunter and so uh, you know I've just been trying to work out well what does make for a happy life you know and it's not an easy life
0: yeah yeah
1: counterintuitively almost the happy life is actually that life that is forcing you to step up
0: yeah yeah I love that I love that well Fiona you know, I I really appreciate that you're coming on, and I'm sure that we could continue chatting about a whole bunch of stuff. But I I would love to know one question that I do have, and I like to ask my guests is, you know, because as business owners, we can get very caught up in the whole like business is my life. And I know we talk about integration and all kinds of things, you know, in that as well. But like, what is it that you really love to do for fun? Like, what what are your outside of business fun interests
1: so this is a great question and one that we probably don't consider enough but I I do actually have to say what we are doing right now is actually probably the best fun I can ever have in my life like (laughs) honestly I truly like my work working with people is fun for me like yeah it's so energizing it's so engaging it feels so good you know like it feels so good but you know outside of this kind of thing any any conversations ever with people in business are are actually fun for me yeah like they're fun it's not so it's but I'm also very good at, you know that idea of life integration of you know the other keeping things balanced and I know I have more fun in business when I'm balanced within myself so things like I love exercising I love walking I like setting fun goals for myself like I'm training at the moment for some ultra marathon and that's fun for oh, me wow. even though it's not fun at the same time but it's fun because at the end I'm growing and stretching myself and doing things that are outside of my comfort zone um having great conversations with people about anything um yeah. spending time with my kids i love reading i love meditating i love listening to good things and listening to music i love journaling um i used to love traveling a lot more but as i'm getting older you know i'm 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 finding myself happier at home i I've, i really enjoy spending the weekend at home like just you know i go i go to the farm every second weekend i've got a lot of I'm part of communities I have a very well-rounded life, you know, and to me that that means that I can show up in my best self to everything I do in my work as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that, Fiona. That's amazing. Well, Fiona Redding, thank you so much for uh, being my guest here on The Coaching Circle. Um, And, um, you know, I know we kind of mentioned it briefly, but you have just written your second book
1: uh, called it is it is possible. It Here is we possible. go. Copy, letting go of who you think you are to create the life of your dreams. And you can see it's got the butterfly. I love it. the cover, that butterfly. It. Yes. It's beautiful. It's a it's a and you know, this this too as well was like the idea for this book came during that COVID thing when it literally landed in my head as the name of the book and the outline of the book. And I was like, you know, I've kind of worked out how to overcome this. So I was really conscious during COVID that creating the steps of change and being able to go through that process, that very honest reflection process for myself to be able to look at my strengths and my weaknesses objectively, right, mm. to actually go I'm strong here and own that and I'm weak here and not give myself a hard time about it and to make a plan to overcome that, I'm like I've, I I, can help people. I can truly, I knew at that point in life it was such a, I'm going to say confidence booster because it was like actually I know how to apply what I teach. I've done Mm. it several times now and I'm doing it again. I wanted somebody to be able to go. It was in big trouble in their life to be able to go to their local library and borrow this book and have hope and the tools and the frameworks and everything that they needed to start to to begin to create the transformation in their lives in one place. They didn't have to go and find it in all the different places. And, again, that feels like it just feels like an honourable way to be living
0: yeah yeah I love that I really love that so it is possible check that out and um and and what's the best way that people can get in
1: contact with you Fiona so they can listen to the happiness hunter podcast if they want to find a little bit more about it or they can just um email me fiona at happinesshunter.com. always happy to hear from people um there's loads of resources and stuff on my website too thehappinesshunter.com
0: fabulous and I'll have all of those links and things um in the show notes so people can get in touch with you and uh so thank you again it's been an absolute pleasure I always really uh, love catching up with you Fiona and um and I love what you do so thank you again for being here
1: thanks Tony and congratulations again on the podcast it's so good it's great thanks so much thank you
0: Thanks for listening to The Coaching Circle. We hope you enjoyed the conversation today. Please like, share and subscribe to our podcast to stay up to date with all our latest episodes. You, my friend, are awesome. So keep coaching and keep evolving.